الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا باركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد تتوسيد by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his blessings on his amenities we're continuing tonight with our extremely beneficial treatise that is called Lum'at al-Atiqad al-Hadi al-Sabid al-Rashad by Muwafaq ibn Qudama rahimahullahu ta'ala and uh, <coughs> as discussed in the previous class tonight we're going to proceed with the next statement of Sheikh Al-Muwafaq rahimahullah and comment upon it regarding some of the issues the people of knowledge have brought Al-Muwafaq said rahimahullah وَمَا أَشْكَلَ مِنْ ذَلِكَ or مَا أُشْكِلَ مِنْ ذَلِكَ وَجَبَ إِتْيَاءَهُ لَفْضًا وَتَرْكُ التَّعْرُوبِ لِمَعْنَاهُ وَنَرُدُّ عِلْمَهُ إِلَى قَائِلِهِ وَنَجْعَلُ عُهْدَتَهُ عَلَى نَاقِلِهِ And whatever is deemed confusing of that, then it's obligatory to accept its wording and leave alone delving into its meaning. And we return its knowledge to those who stated it, said it, and we give the responsibility of it upon those who narrated it. He said, This is following in the footsteps upon the path of those who are firmly rooted in knowledge. This statement <coughs> begins with a reference on whatever is deemed confusing or misleading or ambiguous of that. That is a reference to the previous paragraph wherein he discussed the attributes of Ar-Rahman, the most merciful Zilla wa'ala. And here, the people of knowledge have taken the statement two ways. <coughs> Some of them have taken it that Al-Mu'afaq is referring to the attributes of Allah as being potentially confusing potentially ambiguous, unclear. So those from amongst the people of knowledge who understood it this way, they said this is incorrect, this is a mistake. Rather, all the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah are mentioned in the clear Arabic tongue, are clearly understood to the Arabs, the natives of this language, and have nothing ambiguous in them or confusing, rather they are very clear and can be understood as the saying goes at first blush. Shaykh al-Islam Ahmad ibn Abdul Halim Butaymi rahimahullahu ta'ala actually made the generalization that there is nothing in the attributes of Allah and His name that is considered from the category of that which is ambiguous or unclear. And when Shaykh al-Islam ibn Butaymi makes 
essentially generalization. You have to understand where this came from. This came from a man who it was said about him in his biography that he has almost encompassed the text of the Sharia in memory, such that it was said that if Ahmed ibn Taymiyyah, Shaykh al-Islam, does not recognize the hadith, then it's probably, or then it is not a hadith. So when Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentions something like this, he makes a generalization, you have to understand that this is at the first research of the text of the Sharia in the majority. And that such a generalization is just not, is not just off of the cuff or off the top of someone's mind, rather this is just a thorough research of the entirety of the body of the legislative text. So, this opinion of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah is corroborated by the text of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and the people of knowledge have taken this as acceptance. So, due to this position, that the text of the Sunnah holds, that the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are all clear, this statement from the Muafaq was rejected, and based upon that, the stance that he recommended was also rejected. Meaning, that we accept the wording of it and leave off dealing with its meaning. We leave the meaning to those who have its knowledge and we leave and we put the responsibility of that wording upon those who narrated it. So Mosaq appears given to be saying do not reject the text, accept the text and say I don't know what the meaning is. This is one position. The other position of the people of knowledge is that Al-Wasaqya intended to advise the seeker of knowledge and the student who is dealing with misconception, is struggling with issues that are confusing him regarding the names of Allah and his attributes. So his advice to this seeker of knowledge, to this Muslim who is struggling with such matters is to leave off delving into the meaning, leave that for those who know it, and at the bare minimum, do not reject the wording, accept the wording, be it an ayah in the Quran or a hadith in the Sunnah, and take the position that you do not understand what it means. The first position refers to a specific innovation titled At-Tafweeb. At-Tafweeb. Tafweeb is from the root Fawwaba Yufawwibu. He relegated a matter or delegated a matter to another. So in this particular context, it means to leave the meaning for someone else to handle or deal with and you just take the text. Mufawwidah as a group are those who accept the text of the Qur'an and the Sunnah in wording only and deal with these texts as if they have no meanings within and some of them go to the extreme that they will even claim that the Messenger of Allah himself did not understand the meanings of these texts in other words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed a number of texts that contain no meaning, they are just words, empty words. And this is surely an evil innovation and a great misguidance 
And it goes against the very purpose of the Quran for Allah indeed subhanahu wa ta'ala said Kitabun anzalahu ilayka mubarakul yadabbaru ayati It is a book that we have revealed to you blessed such that they will contemplate its verses. The scholars mention how can you contemplate that which does not have meaning, that which you do not understand. Contemplation follows understanding. And so the very purpose of the revelation of the Quran is defeated by such an innovation. Further, such an innovation also includes accusing Allah Ta'ala of speaking speech that has no purpose behind it. For any speech that contains no meaning has no purpose behind it. This is blasphemy against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are some of the arguments that can be presented in refutation of such an innovation. There are many more the people of knowledge have presented. But in some the Mufawwada are one of the groups of misguided who think that they are upon guidance, who think that they are such glorifying Allah. They are exalting the mention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by refusing to accept the default meaning found in the language for the terminology that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to describe himself with. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to describe himself and they are saying that if we take this on face value, it will be the, it will cause us misguidance. So they are actually um, editing speech of Allah Ta'ala to remove this guidance from it. This is an extremely evil and um, repugnant innovation that the other group from the scholars have defended in Muwaffaqi in Qudama Rahmatullahi Ta'ala alayhi against. And they said rather this cannot be his position for it is clear from his writing other works many positions, the praise of the great imams of the religion for him, that this was not his intent, rather his intent was to advise the student who was struggling with this conceptions and doubts in his heart, advise him to take things slowly and to refrain from delving into the meanings without knowledge and rather accept the text at least in wording until the knowledge of the text comes to him. <coughs> Now the word tafwir, which is to relegate or delegate, is sometimes used by the scholars of the people of the Sunnah in a different context. So these two words and these two different contexts must not be confused. Such that from amongst the scholars of the people of the Sunnah are those who use tafwir, not in that context, the misguided one, but rather in the context that we leave off delving into the how, the details that are unrevealed of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, He has two hands, such as in the statement, the verse, لِمَا خَلَقْتُ بِيَدَيْ مَمَنْعَكَ أَنْ تَسْجُدَ لِمَا خَلَقْتُ بِيَدَيْ when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing the devil Iblis, he said to him, what is it that prevented you, stopped you from making sujood, prostration for that which I have created with my two hands? The Mufawwada, in this instance, they will say, we accept the wording two hands, but we reject the meaning. 
the reference to the hand, which is the limb in the human, or the limb in the animal, or so on and so forth. Instead of taking the position of the people of the Sunnah and stating that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed has two hands, are unlike the hands of creation, rather they are hands that are majestic and befitting of the glory and the majesty of Allah, the Lord of the throne, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this would be the position of the Mufawwadah regarding such a verse. Now, the scholars of the Sunnah, if they were to use the word Tafweeb regarding such a verse, what, what it would mean here is to refrain from adding detail or assuming that detail can be added that is not found in the text of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So the scholars of the people of the Sunnah, if they refer to such a text and say Tafweeb must be done here, what they mean is accept the wording, Likewise, accept the meaning, which is that it refers to two hands, two actual real hands belonging to Allah, majestic, blessed hands that are befitting of the majesty and glory of Allah, the Lord of the throne, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they will say, but do not give these hands any detail. Do not say they are like the hands of a human, or they are of such description, or such and such as their size, or so on and so forth. Do not come with any detail unless you have clear proof from the Qur'an of the Sunnah for it. So if somebody comes and he gives a proof and he says the Messenger of Allah وسلم, stated that the hearts are between two fingers of Ar-Rahman, so these hands must have fingers because the Messenger وسلم, said that Allah has fingers then we accept such details from this person because of the fact that they brought the proof for the detail. But any other detail that is the fruit of someone's mind is to be rejected. And the reason for this is statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the blanket statement, the general the general rule, there is nothing like unto him. There is nothing like unto Allah, no matter if it is something that you see with your eyes, sense with your other senses, or conceptualize or imagine or concept in your mind, no matter what it is, there is nothing like unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any of his attributes or his glorious self, Jalla wa Allah. So this is the the other meaning of a tafweeb the meaning that is actually acceptable in the people of the Sunnah are upon it, which is to reject detailing the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without evidence. And this is the way of the Mujassima. The Mujassima are a group who fall into the innovation known as a Tajseem. Tajseem is to attribute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the attributes of creation that which there is no proof for in the Qur'an of the Sunnah. This is a conception or representation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the trait of mortal. In a, in a simpler uh, statement, two attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the attributes of creation. There's a term for this, it is called anthropomorphism. This is a misguidance. And the statement of Allah rejects it and refutes and leaves no room for such error. There is nothing like unto him. So if anyone attributes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
the traits of creation without any proof from the Quran and the Sunnah, and surely they will have none, then indeed they have fallen into this particular misguidance. Now, the people of knowledge mention also as a rule of thumb that every mu'aqqil is a mujassim. Every mu'aqqil is a mujassim. Someone could, how could these two opposites meet? How could such a thing be true? And the answer is going to be found in the explanation. Firstly, the rule of thumb in English is uh, <coughs> translating a statement, every negator or rejecter of the attributes of Allah at first is an anthropomorphist. Someone could say these are the exact two opposites. How could they be, how could they be one and the same? They are two opposites because one of them is accepting the descriptions of Allah and further adding descriptions of Allah and attributes from his own mind. And the other one is rejecting not just what his mind but also what is found in the text. So he's rejecting every attribute of Allah or some. So they seem apparently at first glance to be on opposite ends of the spectrum, but in reality, as the scholars explain, they are one and the same. And the reason for this is the fact that every rejecter, Mu'aqqil, started out as, a, as an anthropomorphist. They started out as a Mujassim, someone who attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the attributes of creation. How? They looked at the statements of Allah and the text in the Quran and the text of the Messenger of Allah in the Sunnah. And they understood them through the light of anthropomorphism, or rather the darkness, the tainted dark lens of anthropomorphism, and through the ignorance and darkness of their hearts, and attributed to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, that which is not befitting for him and for his majesty jalla of the traits of creation. And um, after doing so, they came back to the Qur'an and they found the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is nothing like unto him and so they rejected whatever they came up with and they rejected the whole thing. In essence, throwing the baby out with the bathwater as the saying goes which I may be allowed to use such an expression. So the start of every ta'aqil is a tajfeen. The, the first step that led to the rejection of the attributes of Allah was a tajfeen, was to understand or rather misunderstand the attributes of Allah, thinking that they are the attributes of the creation, and then fleeing from that, and being afraid of that, and being extreme in the rejection of that misguided and falling into the other side of the spectrum, and falling into the other misguidance, which is التعطيل. كل معطل مشبه وكل مشبه معطل رفيج of Allah سبحانه وتعالى for both these extremes, and we ask Allah to keep us firm upon the sunnah and upon the middle path, the path of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم. Now, Having said this, coming back to the statement of Al-Muwaffaq Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Alayhi, advising the students or the seekers of knowledge of the Muslim who has fallen into such confusion and is dealing with such doubts in his heart, he said, it is obligatory to accept it in wording 
and to leave off delving into its meaning, meaning for this confused person. And we return its knowledge to the one who said it, and we put and place its responsibility upon the one who narrated it, in following in the footsteps of those who are firmly rooted in the knowledge, those whom Allah has praised in his book, his clear book, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in his same and exalted and lofty as he, and those who are firmly rooted in the knowledge, they say, they have believed in it, all of it, is from our Lord. Another issue that comes up here, as we discuss this, is the statement, Ashkara or Ushkira, that which has been confusing, ambiguous, or unclear. And this particular statement, is of great interest because of the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned regarding the Qur'an that from its verses are those that are muhkam and from its verses are those that are mutashabih. In the verse in Surah Ali Imran, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala said, هُوَ الَّذِي أَنزَلَ عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابِ مِنْهُ آيَاتٌ مُحْكَمَاتٌ هُمْ أُمُّ الْكِتَابِ وَأُخَرُ مُتَشَابِهَا he is the one that has revealed upon you the book, meaning of Muhammad. From it, our verse is Muhammad. Clear, unambiguous, and easily understood verses. They are the mother of the book. This is the literal translation. The word mother, however, refers to the root, the origin, or the foundation, or the principle of something. So these verses are the principles of the Qur'an, the ones that are called al-muhkamat, the clear, the unambiguous verses of the Book of Allah, tabarak wa ta'ala. وَأُخَرُ In other verses, Allah continues, that are ambiguous or unclear. Or, more clearly, verses that can carry more than one meaning or seem to indicate more than one meaning. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proceeds on to say, As for in their hearts, there is deviant. Then they follow that which is ambiguous of it. The people of Deviant, they follow <coughs> the ambiguous verses because this suits the nature of Deviant in the heart. A Deviant person will not follow that which is clear, will not stick to the clear path, will not remain upon the light and the guidance of the Sunnah because that will fix him and that will remove his Deviant. Rather, for him to remain Deviant, he must follow something else. And so, the only thing that a person of innovation, a person of deviance can follow from the Qur'an is that which is ambiguous. He will pick and choose from the meanings that are apparent to him in his mind that suits his deviation and misguidance. Take the refuge of Allah and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep our hearts firm upon Iman and the Sunnah until we meet him, Jalla wa'ala. فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ ذَيْغُمْ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ مَا تَشَّعْنَا مِنْهُ بِغَاءِ الْفِكْنِ بِغَاءِ تَأْوِيلِ 
seeking the fitna. Allah explained their intention. And seeking its ta'weel. Seeking to interpret it or seeking to bring about its <coughs> actualization. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam commenting on the verse or this portion of the verse he said, may the exaltations of Allah and his greetings be upon him. إذا رأيتم الذين يتبعون ما تشابه فأولئك الذين سمى الله فحذروهم الحديث ذريتد by Aisha رضي الله تعالى عنها found in the Sahih أبدي من مسلم she said the Messenger of Allah recited هو الذي أنزل عليك الكتاب منه آيات محتمات ونؤم الكتاب وأخر متشابهة he is the one that has revealed upon you the book from it, from it are verses that are clear and ambiguous. They are the mother of the book, the, for, the foundation, the origin of the book, and others that are ambiguous. So as for those who in their heart there is misguidance, there is deviance, they will follow that which is ambiguous of it, seeking the fitna and seeking its activization or interpretation. And then he continues reciting from the Quran, وَمَا يَعْلَمُ تَأْوِيلَهُ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَالرَّاسِخُونَ فِي الْعِلْمِ يَقُولُونَ آمَنَّا بِهِ كُلٌّ مِنْ عِنْدِ رَبِّنَا وَمَا يَذْكَرُ إِلَّا أُولُوا الْأَلْبَانِ And none know its interpretation except for Allah and those who are firmly rooted in the knowledge. This is one translation of the verse based upon one of the ways according to the people of the knowledge. The other way to translate the verse is to say none knows its interpretation except for Allah. And pause, and you stop here, full stop, and then you continue the next sentence. And as for those who are firmly rooted in the knowledge, they say, We have believed in it, all of it is from our Lord. And surely none do remember except for those with Al Albab. Al Albab is the plural of Lub. Lub is heart and mind or intellect. For those who have sound intellect, sound mind, are the ones that do remember the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His guidance <coughs> and the light that He has revealed. She then said, the Messenger then said, if you see those who follow that which is ambiguous of in the Quran, then those are the ones that Allah has named, so beware of them. So beware of them. The Messenger recited the verse and then commented saying, if you see these people, those who follow that which is ambiguous Quran, then know that they are the ones that Allah has named. So beware of them. Be cautious of them. Protect yourself from them. Save yourself from them. So Imam Al-Muqtaq ibn Qudam, rahimahullah ta'ala, when he says, following the path of those who are firmly rooted in the knowledge, he is referring to this understanding where a person is required to say we have believed in it all of it is from our Lord we have believed it in it all of it is from our Lord <coughs> those whom Allah Azza wa Jal has praised in his book this is a statement of praise from Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala so this is one issue regarding this statement of Al-Imam Al-Muwafaq Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Al-Shaykh Ibn Azimim 
Allah have mercy upon him and grant him the highest level of paradise and gather us in with our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, The text of the attributes of Allah and how people deal with them. He said, The text of the attributes of Allah in the book and the Sunnah fall into two categories. Those, those which are clear and apparent and those that are hidden and potentially confusing. Those that are clear are those that are clear in their wording, clear in their meaning. The position of the Muslim regarding them is that it is obligatory to believe in them, both in its wording, in their wording, and to affirm and believe in and have faith in their meaning, in their real meaning, not symbolic, without any sort of rejection or reinterpretation or lightning, meaning the attributes of Allah to the creation, partially or completely, or likening Allah to anything that can be conceptualized without proof. The reason for this, he says, because the legislative texts have come with this. They have been revealed as such, so it is obligatory to believe in it, to treat it with complete submission and acceptance. Then he goes on to the other category. He says, and as for that which is unclear or ambiguous, then this is what is unclear in its meaning, due to being general in body or being undetailed, or, and this is the key point here, a lacking in the understanding of the reader, a lacking in the understanding of the reader. So it is obligatory to accept the wording of it because it has come in the legislative text. And to stop and not delve into its meaning, leave alone the matter of attempting to interpret its meaning without knowledge, which is forbidden. To tackle any verse from the Qur'an or any hadith from the Sunnah without actual knowledge, and to simply assume that we can attach a meaning to it without any valid proof for this, this is a crime against the religion of Islam, a crime against the Qur'an and the Sunnah. It is completely forbidden, one of the major sins and major crimes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has expressly forbidden in the Qur'an to attempt to give a meaning to a verse, a book of Allah, or a statement of Rasulullah without knowledge. Rather, you must either refer it back to one who has the knowledge of it, or if you're going to speak on it yourself, you must do so out of knowledge, not out of ignorance and its work. Or the simple following of whims and desires. He said this is because, continuing from the words of the Imam al-Rutaymi, rahimahullah ta'ala, this is because <coughs> it is potentially problematic. Ambiguous, unclear, 
confusing to the reader. And as such, it is impossible to issue a rule of meaning by this reader who is confused with lacking in knowledge. So, as such, it is his duty to return the knowledge of it and to, relegate, to delegate the knowledge of it to Allah wa ta'ala and to his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa alayhi wa We will start here by the permission of Allah wa ta'ala and we ask Allah wa to benefit with that which was said and that which we heard. We ask him to accept from us our efforts in the studying of the Quran and the Sunnah and to make us from those who follow guidance subhanahu wa ta'ala and act upon it sincerely for him. And we ask Allah to make these gatherings of knowledge that we are attempting to gather together in a season by which Allah will facilitate for us a path to paradise. And a reason for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be bestowed upon us and for his angels to lower their wings for us. And we ask him subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us upon the path of seeking knowledge and studying it together and attempting to spread it as long as we are alive. And by the permission of Allah, we will continue in the next class from where we stop covering the remainder of the comments of Shaykh Ibn Uthaymiyyah rahmatullahi alayhi on this particular point. والصلاه والسلام على محمد بن عبد الله وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين اسال الله سبحانه وتعالى to reward the brothers of Masjid al-Bukhari and to grant them great success and strength and firmness upon the sunnah and especially I would like to thank my brother Abu Abdul Salam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for your efforts and keep you firm and strong and may Allah cause great blessings to spread through you السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته